0: Welcome to Off The Grid Radio, better ideas to bust you and your family out of today's global control grid. Now, here's today's show. Hi, welcome to another edition of Off The Grid Radio. I'm Michael Faust of offthegridnews.com. Today's guest is Daisy Luther. She is a survival expert and the author of several books, including The Prepper's Water Survival Guide, The Prepper's Canning Guide, and the one we will discuss today, Which is the pantry primer? How to build a one-year food supply in three months. Uh, We had Daisy on previously to talk about water storage. We're going to have her on today to talk about storing food. Daisy, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: You're welcome, Daisy. What what got you interested in prepping? How did you how did you get in this?
1: Well, abject poverty Um, (laughs) (laughs) when my oldest daughter was born. Um, my husband lost his job and, you know, it was a really worrisome time because we didn't have any money coming in because there's a big delay before, um, before unemployment kicks in and, um, we had a brand new baby and no money's coming in and we didn't have anything put back. I mean, we were just like every other young couple, just kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And it was a really frightening time. And I thought to myself, I don't ever want to be in this position again. I'm a mom now, so I've got to uh, have some stuff on hand. That's really what got me started.
0: I like that. That's a good word because oftentimes, Daisy, we tend to think about prepping as being, you're prepping for the end of the world, you're prepping for a hurricane, you're prepping for an earthquake or a societal collapse. But I like what you just said. Because you know people lose jobs all the time and people are in financial crisis all the time. Um, yes. h- how much? How much room? Y- y- your book talks about a one-year supply of food. How much room? How much room do you need for for something like that?
1: Well, you know that's going to vary a lot based on what it is you're storing, how much water you're adding to your stockpile. Um, But most people can stash away in nooks and crannies all over their home, you know, putting stuff under beds, putting stuff in closets. Um, You know, you can get it in your apartment as long as you shop carefully, repackage things properly, and, you know, just find good places to stash stuff.
0: And and of course, when you store it, I guess it's going. If if a lot of times people think of their basement, and I guess there are downsides to to a basement, especially in the spring and summer in, in certain parts of the country. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, definitely. It really depends what you're storing. I keep um, <clears throat> store canned goods in my basement, um, and I feel okay about that because it's, it's cool, and you know it's not, they're not going to rust out in a couple of years in my basement. Um, so I keep things like that in the basement, and that's no problem. Um, but I wouldn't put my freeze-dried food in the basement because it's just too damp down there, and it would really greatly shorten the lifespan of my freeze-dried food.
0: And when we store, when you're storing these foods, Daisy, um, some people are picturing just getting stuff off a shelf at a supermarket and just putting it in a box and putting it in a basement. Dude, is there some other step there? I mean, are you like... There are a for, lot f-
1: of other ste- uh, other ways to do it. I mean, the grocery store is great if that's what you have access to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, buying things online is going to be a challenge for you. You know, you can do this at the grocery store. But there are a lot of other things that you can do and do it on a much smaller budget. If you can afford to buy some things in bulk, for example, like your grains, if you buy those from a milling company or actually Amazon sells all sorts of grains, organic grains, in 50-pound um, containers. Mm-hmm. So if you order it like that, you're going to pay a fraction of the cost of buying that in separate little packages. And then what you do is you just, you know, take your Mylar pouches and your oxygen oxygen absorbers and you just repackage that stuff yourself and it's going to last a whole lot longer. And, Another and- mistake people make with grocery store food is that they don't repackage it. Mm-hmm. And grocery store food is not packaged to last for a long, long time, so it's it's going to spoil way faster than if you were to put it in proper packaging.
0: Would you? I know. I know. I have a friend of mine who um, he stores a lot of his stuff in. Uh, I guess it's a large five gallon bucket. Uh, yes. And he, you know, and, he you know, and he you know and I guess if you do it properly, it could be stored in a basement. Um, you, you, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't. I do
1: wouldn't it. do it. No. It's just Know what? Why would you spend all that money Mm -hmm. and then risk having issues with it? You know, yeah, it's just not worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Why one year? Uh, your your book says uh, build a one year food supply in three months. Uh, Is there anything magical about one year? I mean, why not? Why not a week or a month?
1: (laughs) It's honestly that is kind of a prepper gold standard is having a one-year food supply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time you don't require a food supply that's going to last you for an entire year. Most of our emergencies are shorter periods of time than one year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of the time it's only a couple of weeks, maybe even a month, that you're going to need to live off your supplies. But having that one-year sh- one food supply, it's almost like insurance. Let's uh, say, for example, you lose your job. Um Excuse me one second. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, let's say, for example, you lose your job. Um, if you have a one-year food supply, then you have got basically a store in your pantry. And you don't have to worry about the small amount of money that you have on hand going to buy groceries every week. You can pay your mortgage with that, uh, that money. And you can go shopping in your pantry. And I've had to do that myself.
0: What what about uh, using the freezer? Uh, uh, you know, there are there's pros and cons to that. The con, the con, of course, being that if electricity goes out, uh, then your your food supply, a lot of it is is spoiling. I mean, do you do you put some of that one year supply in the freezer?
1: Um, you can you can, but like you said, the power outage is a really big concern. We keep some stuff in the freezer. Um, we keep, you know, some of our meat and we keep frozen veggies in the freezer, but we also have a plan and supplies on hand that if the power goes out for more than a day, we can, um, put that food in a canner and we can save it all.
0: Makes sense. And I guess also the, the for those folks who live way far north, they're thinking, well, half the year they're fine. They can just put the food back outside. Yeah. I talked to some folks from Alaska yesterday, and they just said, you know, during the winter time, they're, they're fine. They can just put their freezer food outside. Daisy, let's take a quick break. When we return, we will continue our conversation uh, with Daisy Luther, Daisy Luther, the author of the book, The Pantry Primer, How to Build a One-Year Food Supply in Three Months. We'll be right back.
1: Finally in the news this evening, it's being reported that cyber spies from Russia and China have now penetrated our power grid. Even as energy experts are reporting that each summer we get closer and closer to the limits of our nation's power grid, some say that this summer's demand for electrical power may finally push the grid over its edge, creating
0: a cascade of power outages across the country, putting us all in the dark. Are you prepared for the next round of storm-related outages or government-created blackouts? Have you ever thought about taking steps to get off the grid and generate your own private supply of electrical power? If so, this will be the most important information you have ever heard. Solar-powered generators are finally available. They have no moving parts to wear out or break and require absolutely no gas whatsoever. Remember, the government doesn't own the sun. So go to MySolarBackup.com. That's MySolarBackup.com. Check out MySolarBackup.com before you lose your power. Off the Grid News, because you want a different paradigm. Daisy, let's talk about now the types of food um, that you recommend people store. Give us, give us some ideas on, on what people should, should, should store.
1: Well, one of the things that some people overlook is um, getting healthier food. Um, They go and they stock up on highly processed food and extended, um, believe that is going to be sufficient to keep their family fed for an extended period of time. And they also don't take into consideration any special dietary needs that their family members might have. So it's really important that your pantry reflects the way you eat from day to day. Because if you eat really healthfully and you eat, let's say, meat and vegetables, and that is like the the primary staple of of your diet, if you suddenly turn around and start eating macaroni and cheese Mm. and, you know, super carby stuff Mm -hmm. um, with low protein, you're going to feel horrible Mm -hmm. within just a very short period of time. Our bodies can handle, you know, one or two off-plan meals here and there, but you can't just radically change your diet overnight and expect to thrive. And during an emergency, it's particularly important that you be able to have lots of energy and be able to do things physically that you may not normally do.
0: You're saying this, you're saying this of course and, and, and a lot of people in the audience are thinking, well, healthy foods don't last a long time, you know uh, So give, it, give us some advice on that because in my mind, you, we're still stuck with rice beans and, and pasta and right. things like that.
1: <clears throat> well, rice beans and pasta are absolutely fine if those are the kinds of things that you normally eat. But if that's not what you normally eat, then you need to figure out the long-term version. Mm-hmm. So, if you eat a lot of meat, then that is um, something that you're going to want to um, you're going to want to put that in your stockpile. And you can get chicken and beef and things like that. You can get that in freeze-dried form, or you can buy it at the grocery store and you can preserve it. You can can it. And then you, as long as you can it properly, you've got a supply of meat that'll last you for a year.
0: Fascinating. Okay, helpful.
1: Right. Uh, and- um, the same thing with fruits and vegetables. You can get freeze dried versions, um, and that you might like it better if you tend to eat fresh fruits and veggies as opposed to canned, you might like those better because the canned really aren't going to taste that great to you if you're accustomed to completely fresh al dente fruits and vegetables. Um, but if you don't mind canned fruits and veggies, you can put those up in the canner as well.
0: Good advice. Good advice. Let me ask you this, uh, Daisy. Are there are there any popular foods that people stockpile that, that you would not recommend stockpiling?
1: Yes, ramen noodles. Everybody seems to put Tons and tons of ramen noodles back because they're like 20 cents a pack and they say, oh, but look, it's a whole meal. That is not a meal. (laughs) Um, You might be able to get by on it for a few days, um, but if that is all you're eating, you're really going to feel very unwell in a short period of time. There's no protein in it. There's really very little nutritional value in those like 20-cent pouches. Um, It's all chemicals. It's not even actual chicken broth that you're, you're getting in your fake chicken ramen noodles. So I really don't recommend those. If you want to put some back just to have a little bit of extra stuff on hand, that's fine. But don't make that the backbone of your pantry.
0: And what about the opposite question? Are there any, are there any foods that, that you endorse for stockpiling that people normally don't stockpile?
1: One thing I strongly recommend is protein powder. And, you know, it's not just for bodybuilders. There are all sorts of tasty things that you can do with protein powder. Um, Protein tends to be a very difficult thing to put back in a stockpile um, because, really, there's only so many beans you're going to be able to handle. And freeze-dried meats and home canned meats, they can get a little bit expensive. So I like to keep protein powder on hand. You can make shakes with that. There are all sorts of no-bake cookies. You can mix it, like, with peanut butter or almond butter and make all sorts of different little desserty kind of treats that are super high-protein. A lot of protein powders also have um, other supplements in them, like, um, you know, vitamins and minerals that are added to them. Now, it's a little bit processed, obviously, But it is a good way in a small amount of space to put back quite a bit of protein. It's another good thing about it. If you've got someone who has been sick and really can't eat, it's a good way to help them get their strength back. You're giving them something high protein that they can sip on um, and still get plenty of nutrition.
0: Uh, and uh, let's kind of begin wrapping the, sh- the show up, Daisy, by talking about how long this would take. You know, in terms of stockpiling for for a full year. How, how you know? How, how long are we talking about weeks or months? That, that, that well, if
1: you are really determined, and even if you don't have a, a super high budget, you can put back a year's supply of food in three months. Hmm. And that is something that I've outlined in my book. After my youngest daughter and I moved to the United States from Canada, we weren't allowed to bring our food stockpile across the border because, wow. um, you know, just the different laws. So I passed it on to another prepper, and we had to completely start from scratch. And this was on a single-mom budget, and we had rebuilt our pantry in three months. And when I say our pantry was there, we didn't even have salt and pepper when we started because we came here with absolutely no food. There are you know, different customs rules that mean that you just aren't really supposed to bring a lot wow. of food, and we didn't want to have trouble. So we started from not even salt and pepper to a one-year supply of food, and we did it in three months. Amazing. And my book outlines exactly how we did it. It's got meal plans and shopping lists and menus.
0: And finally, uh, you have some news on your end because you have a newsletter newsletter coming out soon. Um, And you also have a a website, of course. So tell us about both of those.
1: My website is theorganicprepper.com and there is tons and tons of information. There's about 1,500 articles on that website and it's all free. Um, I also have a newsletter, a frugality newsletter called the Preppernomics Report. And this is a monthly newsletter. It comes out on the first of every month and it gives you tips to save money throughout that month. And um, it's $5 a month, but I am positive that if you follow the advice in the newsletter, you're going to save far more than that every month. It's just creative ideas, making it fun.
0: So it's a newsletter. What's the name of the newsletter again?
1: It's called the Preppernomics Report.
0: Preppernomics Report, and it's available at uh,
1: theorganicprepper.com.
0: Hey, Daisy, we always enjoy talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Take care. As a a reminder, our our website is offthegridnews.com, which has everything you'll always want to learn about off-grid and homestead living. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest, keywords, Off The Grid News. With Engineer Gavin Wright, this has been Michael Faust. Please join us again next week for another edition of Off The Grid Radio.